half time the first the first sentence that I said like if you have fear of failure you will not succeed you must have the guts to fail to succeed subscribe now to the OTB football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB sports app now then you're very welcome Max so for the Republic of Ireland squad at large today was a big one D-Day the squad announcement much talked about uh, long flagged and it wasn't the atmosphere of jubilation that maybe we had just presumed from afar it would be that will hopefully come at the World Cup itself and uh, the uh, friendly against France on July the 6th will be an amazing send off but today was very much um, somberish mood uh, Vera Pau spent yesterday Tuesday breaking the bad news to the many players who didn't make the 23 today over the course of uh, one interview she was very emotional she stepped away from the interview upset at one stage and she was quoted as saying, uh, today's not so much celebrating the squad, it's more the pain that we all feel of leaving players out, telling players that really stood up for me that you're not taking them to the World Cup and that you are breaking their dreams. Yesterday, she says, was the worst day of my career. So we'll bring in Ruth Fahey, who has, of course, played in the Women's National League. These days, she is the Vice President of Club Administration and Compliance with Colorado Rapids in the MLS. Ruth, you're very welcome. Hi, Joe. Thank you so much. Great to be back here. So it's not a shock when you see it laid out in uh, the terms Vera Pau has uh, laid out this week in. But I, I suppose maybe from afar, like I said, you might have presumed there'd be great fanfare and jubilation today. But uh, I guess you can understand that this is a pretty tight knit squad and 23 is a small number to bring. So, yeah, there's, pro- <laughs> there's probably a day of almost... Um, uh, saying goodbye in a way and, and, and like acknowledging the work that so many players have done who won't be on that flight. Yeah, I think you've captured it really well there in terms of explaining the tone of the announcement. I was so excited uh, to wake up this morning. Obviously, we're seven hours behind here, so the news had already broken, went straight for a cup of coffee and opened up uh, the media. And yeah, the I was expecting celebration, jubilation. I suppose I hadn't thought deeper about those handful of players that were going to get the most heartbreaking news that they're ever going to receive in their career. Um, you know, names are jumping out at me: Jamie Finn, Leon Kiernan, Megan Megan Campbell. Like these are players that have not only featured heavily in massive moments in the history of. Irish women's football, but they've dedicated their entire lives to probably this day. And I don't want to make it worse or add to the sense of grief here, but today is probably about those players. And we'll we'll move on from this as the days continue and Ireland play France and we'll look forward. And once the World Cup actually kicks off, you know, in Australia, this will be forgotten. But I think it's important to talk about these players, the commitment and sacrifice they've made and acknowledge the disappointment and that they're very deserving to be there. And for the reasons Vera Powers outlined some are technical some are fitness or otherwise she knows best she's in the position she's seen the players over the last number of days weeks and months and you know the hardest day of her career she's also said and as you mentioned joe she was emotional in that interview and rightly so i'd say i don't know if it makes it easier for the likes of megan campbell or leanne kiernan or Aoife Mannion, but it does seem it was more down to injury and match fitness in the main than I just don't quite like what you're bringing to the party. Um, Jamie Finn does have the fairly significant consolation of being a travelling reserve and it almost just feels 
inevitable there's going to be an injury somewhere along the way. She she would still have a a great chance, I would think, of uh, featuring somehow. But in Mannion's case, it seems like it's very clear cut. She's been in a knee brace for a month. And Vera Pau said, not close at all, no chance. Uh, she flew over, had a last conversation with the Irish medical staff, but no chance at all was uh, Vera Pau's summation of that situation. Mannion's really interesting case study in that her debut against China is not that long ago. I would say 15 minutes into that debut, a lot of us thought, well, this ability to pass on the ball really stands out. That's something Ireland could use. Uh, so she is a loss despite, despite not being a big figure for the last uh, decade or five years like some of the other names. I mean, I, I, I really do think uh, she was offering something that Ireland could use over there. Yeah, very much agree. I mean, this this is part of a bigger, wider conversation around these these recent players who've come into the squad. We've got a handful, you know, Obviously, Mannion has missed out. Farley and, Sh- and Shiva are in. Um, but I do agree. When Ethan Mannion came in, <laughs> I think the Irish public have mixed reactions to certain players coming. But Mannion, because she's so good, right? She's a Manchester United defender. As you say, her 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 composure, uh, her ability on the ball, her ability to slot into a back line that was fairly consolidated over the, over the qualifying campaign. Was, it was seamless. Um, she is a very confident character. I think she would have come in and led very well from the back. So disappointed for her. But as you say before, you know, last year that was this wasn't even um, an option. So again, it's it's fitness. You know, Vera Powell explained that Mannion had come in and made a made an appeal for her case. I'm sure she strongly laid that out. But Vera Powell is is very clear on fitness if you're not at the level you know physically there's no point in bringing you to a world cup and that's the reality the same goes for leanne kiernan who was prob not probably she was absolutely closer than Mannion. obviously leanne played uh, against zambia has been injured since october um you know just reading back about the development of her injury matt beard mentioned her manager at Liverpool mentioned that in March she'd had a couple of setbacks it just wasn't looking good for her but I think after her featuring you know against Zambia and showing that her fitness was up there I thought she had an outside chance it's it's hard to swallow um because often what we don't do is look behind the headlines of these players so they've you know they've all gone to England in the last couple of years they've given up a huge amount gone over to a new environment taken huge risks all with the kind of World Cup on the horizon individually. So they would have all targeted this. Um, not getting paid huge money abroad, obviously having to battle many different elements, homesickness, uh, different things. And they've all battled their way into squads like Jamie Finn, probably the one who's really shined this year of the championship. And um, she's established herself in that Birmingham side. And she will probably be the most good of because it wasn't about fitness or injury because Jamie Finn is one of the most uh, athletically gifted. Um, yeah, just one of the fittest kind of a Vera Pau kind of profile that you would have expect to make that 23. As you say, Joe, she's in the, the additional yeah. training three, but nothing's guaranteed there. And it's going to be very difficult. Can you imagine being on that three? Can you imagine like traveling on, on that plane as you're not in the squad, but you are? You've got to bring your most professional attitude, um, but you're also battling your own disappointment. So, yeah, let's let's see in terms of Finch and Mayfield break through. Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm doing, Ruth. I'm going in studs up on everyone in the matches. That's uh, 
<laughs> that's my approach from Jamie Finn. Um, Vera Pett did say of Finn, that's the hardest, hardest decision. She's been part of the squad all the way through, but we have changed our playing system. So what is it about the new system that would have worked against Finn? Yeah, I did read that quote and I thought about it. It didn't make a huge amount of sense to me because Jamie Finn, I think, can fit into any system. Being completely honest, I think she's she's so versatile. I'm looking through that squad at 23 and she's one of the most versatile players that we have. She, you know, she featured in, in Ireland as a, a defensive midfielder. She can play as a fullback left or right. She's done so with Birmingham. Um, I feel like she's one of the most adaptable players. That's just my honest opinion on that yeah. one, that I think she would fit into any system, whether it's a five at the back, three at the back. Um, she can play left or right side, centre half. She could nearly throw her as a wing back if you had to. I, I genuinely think she could adapt her game in that sense. I think she's more adaptable than other players in the squad. Um, you know, I'm looking at names like Kira Grant, Diane Caldwell. There's arguments for and against all these things. This is the way it was always going to go. There was always going to be at least one or two massive emissions. Um, I think Jamie Finn has been really hard done by and I'm pretty good at her. She's She started, I think, six of the qualifying campaign games. She played against Scotland, that massive game. But I suppose the squad, you, you don't pick it on past history. You don't yeah. pick it on emotions. You pick it on form. And Vera has stated if she doesn't fit into the... the the system then that's that's your decision I would suspect in due course when you know um, the autobiographies are out in about 10 years and, and players talk more freely I suspect we'll hear Jamie Finn say yeah I read that thing about the system and I you know had to hold my tongue and, and that's those, you know one of those moments where a manager says something and you kind of have to go with it on um, Kieran it was quite interesting so as you say she's missed a lot of the season with that ankle injury and she played the first 45 minutes against Zambia to be fair to Pau in this instance, whatever about, you know, Finn might feel, oh, that's a bit wishy-washy for me. With Kiernan, uh, they made a point, or Vera Pau made a point of saying, uh, this isn't just like feel or we looked at her and, and judged her fitness with the naked eye. She said, we had heart rate monitors, which gave us important information. Uh, the data showed that the time between explosive actions were getting longer and longer during that first half against Zambia. And she was talking about how the World Cup will require even more energy than a, a friendly against Zambia, understandably enough. So I took that, like you take that at face value and you say, well, look, she's, you know, done Kieran in the service there of looking at the data and relying on the data. I'm kind of thinking as well, though, like three weeks until three weeks plus until you play Australia, you've, you've got a half under your belt. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure if you chatted to Kieran quietly, she might say, I can get a lot fitter. Give me the next month and I'll show you my data then. Yeah, agreed. Um Honestly, for me, I'd, I'd love to see Dan Kiernan at the World Cup. I've played against her. I've watched her through the years. She's been a massive part of this squad. Um, she seems like a really nice character as well. Talk about dressing room involvement, that, that kind of stuff. But are we surprised? Like Vera Pau has her very, very defined sports science philosophies. We've all heard a lot about how she focuses on the on the data. Um, she pays a lot of attention to certain statistics. Uh, we know that she likes to watch things like heart rate. We know her philosophy on conditioning and resistance training. She's very strong in her opinions on this. So if Leanne Kiernan wasn't reaching the levels that she needed to see in terms of explosive actions or certain movements on the pitch, then I think for Vera Power was probably an easy decision. All right, we've got like Marissa Shiva in there. 
um, who is an athlete. Like she is a a proven athlete, a track athlete, formerly Penn State. She wrapped up some disgustingly good times in the 1500 meter and similar races. I'm sure if you're looking at her explosive actions, her movement patterns on the pitch, her stats, they're probably incomparable. Um, and unfortunately for Leanne Kiernan, that means that she's missing out. If you gave her three weeks, could she improve those stats? I'm sure she could, absolutely. Um, would she have put up a, show, a good show at the World Cup? I'm sure she would have, absolutely. But again, these are conversations that are being happening or are happening all over the country at the moment. And if Vera Pau has the data to back up that decision, I'm sure it's correct. You need luck in life and you need timing and you need to be ready, I suppose, to take advantage of it. Megan Campbell, absolutely no chance, injured, not even a conversation. And so Izzy Atkinson, 22 years of age of West Ham, had played 45 minutes in Vera Pau's first 29, 30 games in charge, had five caps to her name, started against Zambia, wasn't even in the initial squad for that game, was brought in as a training player, quote unquote. And yet with Campbell now ruled out, she did enough at left wing back to get a seat on the plane. Uh, has had a good season, um, it must be said, but uh, like that's fairy tale stuff. That Like uh, two, three months ago, that wasn't on the cards, I presume at all. It wasn't even in anyone's radar honestly like izzy atkinson i think people had just written her off and um, because she had been written off for the campaign didn't think she was an option didn't think that pow fancied her whatsoever um but as you say she wasn't even in the 31 person squad for zambia came in for for megan campbell i believe and did well when she came on in that 40 or when she started the 45 minutes i think how mentioned that it took a while for the penny to drop for izzy um, not sure exactly what she, what she means in that sense. I think it was just maybe in terms of her, per, perhaps it was around attitude and mentality that that Pau hadn't seen with with Atkinson over the last number of seasons. Like she's she's only t- what twenty two years old, as yeah. I said, Joe. She only went over in I think twenty 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 one went over to Celt- uh, Celtic. Yeah. Um, you know, then made the move to the WSL. Has done well in that sense. She, again, she fits into that profile that Pau probably likes. She's athletic. She's got pace. Um, I thought she was way behind in terms of making a squad. So she's a she's a big surprise for me. Her inclusion ultimately means that I think Tara O'Hanlon is out. I thought O'Hanlon had an outside chance. I was lighting candles that she would make it. I think she's a phenomenal prospect. She's only 18 years old, uh, not too not too far behind Atkinson, but I would have would loved to have seen her in the squad. Um, but look, obviously Atkinson showed Pal in the last week in training that she's she's made it, and it just shows about those fine margins. It, it comes down to days. It comes down to, you know, did I read that Pal? She kind of identified one moment in the Zambia game where Atkinson's decision making had forced Pal to actually stand up and realize that she was a realistic inclusion in the squad. So it's those even comes down to a decision in a game has kind of brought her into the radar. So. Tiny, tiny, tiny margins. Um, and unfortunately, Kiernan, Finn, Campbell, Hamler are outside those margins for this year. And for the, unfortunately, will we make the next World Cup? Will we make the, the one after that? Can't think that far ahead. Yeah. These are once in a lifetime opportunities, I guess, is how you have to treat them. It's funny you make that point about um, like one moment in a match looming large in 
uh, manager's mind because I watched the Zambia game I, I like I, I more, paid more attention to a lot of the first half and, and the second half was much better but um, it's funny I, I found myself looking at Kira Grant who I hadn't seen too much of I must say because she's been part of squads but hasn't played in a lot of the games that I've seen in qualifying and I did find myself thinking oh here's a bowler here like here's technique and really tidy on the ball and, and, and like just had a few moments which like spoke of intelligence there was the, the move down the right hand side which I think led to the penalty initially and Grant didn't play the decisive pass the kind of probing pass down the right hand side but she did get the ball in the centre circle quick feet head up sharp pass which Ireland don't do enough of I would feel at, at times not least if Denise O'Sullivan isn't playing and that kind of stuck in the mind and even her header for Barrett's goal spoke of mm-hmm. intelligence and, and composure and that seems like that's been enough because here she is on the plane and I, I don't know was she a guarantee so I'd be curious for your read on, on what Grant's inclusion tells us So Kira for me would have, I was on the fence but that as in I didn't know it could have gone one way or the other right. um, I know Kira. Kira is just a really lovely person I'm absolutely delighted for her she's obviously made some massive decisions in the last couple of years going over to Scotland to to prioritise her football career again, I'm sure, with this World Cup very much uh, in the back of her mind and has sidelined a, a career as a doctor for, for these kind of moments, right? right. So, Vera, as you say, she didn't feature in the qualifying campaign at all. She's well-known. She's, a, as you say, very intelligent. She's a very technical player. And yeah. um, that was first and foremost in her profile. It wasn't just, I don't think it was just the Zambia game, even though she showed what she can do there. I was in St. Louis for the second leg of Ireland versus USA and Kira came on as a substitute, I'm going to say minutes, but it was definitely at the, the end of the game. I don't know exactly how much time she got. She was good. She yeah. came on and there's a huge amount of pressure on players at that stage, you know, coming up to a World Cup squad announcement because you that's your chance you, you're you know you're being told this is your opportunity you may have five minutes go and do something here and she did mm. she was she was demanding she got on the ball she made a couple of things happen I mean you're going in you're literally playing the, the World Cup champions away and she stood up and put her hand up and that she really I didn't I really noticed her and that I was I was really impressed by that and then to as you say she she made her mark in the Zambia game and she's she's been there throughout the whole coffin campaign but traveling with the squad training but hasn't featured so mm. again many people wouldn't even really even know her name until she did stand up so well and played such a key role in Barrett's goal as well yeah. uh, last week so as you say it's come right down to the wire she has hung on hung on hung on and then probably proven her worth when she was given the opportunity and that's how you make a World Cup squad credit to her yeah and so that's where it gets really interesting as to what this might tell us about how Ireland are going to play at this World Cup, because it's really striking in the early parts of our conversation, you have highlighted the athleticism of quite a few of the inclusions. And these are like typical POW attributes. She wants this athletic team. And yet, um, well, Ireland are not a possession based team. And like there, there are times where you're watching, say, the first game against the US, uh, their best against Ireland's best. And our moments in possession are pretty limited um, and yet it's it's a pretty good performance it's a backs to the wall we'll be direct in a you know a counter-attacking way where we where we can be uh, tend to lose the ball either quite quickly or tend to have a bit of joy with the counter-attack and so you kind of look at someone like Grant who isn't this like she's not going to cover the ground you, you wouldn't say her, her MO is athleticism 
So she's in, which maybe points towards, I don't know, more ballers like uh, in there on occasion. By the same token, Aoife Mannion is now out of that squad. So there's less of, of an ability to play out from the back and to pop it in sharp to Kira Grant's feet. So I kind of have a I'm slightly more muddled as to how Ireland might be uh, approaching this. Um, in the main, we're not going to dominate possession in these group stages. Is that pretty much, we can take that as, as red from this point? I think we can take that as red, okay. yes. Okay, yeah. so, so Grant, Grant's like a in-possession type player, it would strike me. Um, mm. So, so I, I don't know, maybe she's there if, God forbid, touch wood, cross everything, Denise O'Sullivan's injured and you need some kind of ball-playing ability, perhaps. I was trying to kind of get at her inclusion in what is ultimately a very physical side, which will be not backs to the wall, but certainly defence first, counter-attacking. Yeah, it's a it's a really good point. It's a really good point. And as you say that I'm I'm reading through the midfielders and we're think about Australia, thinking about Canada, who will probably dominate even more so than Australia. Potentially in our in our last game against Nigeria we'll have a little bit more possession. But okay. you so perhaps with Kira I don't see her I don't see her, Kira starting. Yeah. Um, you bring on someone like Kira when you need to make something happen, I would say. Is there, are we looking at a third game against Nigeria where we need to score, where we need to, where we need to do something yeah. to survive in the group? Is that the way Pau is looking at it? Very much potentially, you have to look like that. If a game is going a certain way and we do have possession, are we? will we be better than we expect? Are we underrating ourselves? Um, these are all options that she would have considered. Mm. Here is someone who could play alongside Denise. I'm looking at Sinead Farrelly. I would probably put her in some somewhat of a similar bracket to Kira. She's not, I wouldn't, Sinead is a very game intelligent player. She's very good on the ball, technically very gifted, probably athletically nearly similar, more similar profile to Kira as opposed to like to Jamie Finn. Yeah. Right. So there's obviously a, a like a a profile of players in midfield that the power has gone for. In saying all that, I don't think we'll have any surprise starting inclusions in any of those games. All going well with fitness. We'll probably see our same 11, 12, 13 that we generally see. Um, but you're, it's a really good point. And that's why I'm even more surprised around the admission of Jamie Finn. Yeah. Because she would do the job of someone coming in to solidify, um, you know, a defensive midfield block. Yes. As a era. So let's just wait, wait and see. see. Yeah, OK. So I, I just wanted to double check. We're not anticipating a midfield triangle of Denise O'Sullivan, Kira Grant, Sinead Farrelly, and we turn into the Harlem Globetrotters. This is not where we're headed suddenly. I uh, mean, <laughs> you'd love to see it, yeah. but I really doubt it. I wouldn't be betting any major songs on that, Joe. I'm sure you wouldn't either. No, no. I don't think so. But it's um, it's interesting. Maybe, as you said, it is a plan B and if Ireland do need to get more creative in certain games, it's it's an option. And maybe you do need different options off the bench, to be fair. Uh, final question. Not a simple answer, I suspect. What is a good World Cup for you? What are realistic expectations that the country at large, who may or may not have watched all these qualification games over the past couple of years, what are, what are realistic expe- expectations for what Ireland should be doing at this World Cup, Ruth? Don't concede four goals. I think we have worked on our defensive system going way back beyond Vera Power's tenure with Colin Bell. We've been building to this for years and years and years. So I'd hate to see a scrappy goal conceded. Um, is there a realistic chance of getting out of the group? I think if we can put in three solid performances, we'll be close. If we can get out of the group, it's a huge, huge achievement. I don't expect so. So if we cannot concede poor goals, 
if we can put on performances that we are proud of, um, if we could get one or two draws, I would be unbelievably proud of the squad. I already am, to yeah. be honest. It's an emotional day. Like even, like you say, it's a day of kind of grieving the, the emissions, but we'll move past this and we'll start to look forward to the tournament. I think they're going to prove us... Uh, they're going to, I think we're actually underrating us a little bit. Okay. I think against Australia, we're going to be solid, compact. I think we're going to have chances. I think we're going to score at least one goal throughout the three games. And I think they're all going to make us super proud. And I just cannot wait. Can't wait to get started. Yeah. Well, even July 6th against France will be an amazing send off and then uh, let the good times roll. Ruth, that was super. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. You too. You Cheers. too. Enjoy the day. Thanks. Ruth Fahey, who, uh, of course, has played in the Women's National League and is currently vice president over in the MLS of club administration and compliance with Colorado Rapids. Back in one sec. Half time, the first, the first sentence that I said, like, if you have fear of failure, you will not succeed. You must have the guts to fail to succeed. Subscribe now to the OTB Football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app.